You're listening to the Mother FN Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. One year. A year. We've been friends for a year. Can we say we've been friends? I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> we've been more than friends. We've been business partners. Writing partners. We haven't made a lot of money for our business, though. I think we've made like $15. Hey. Yeah. We could go get burritos. <gasps> we can because there's $7 a piece and we have a dollar left over. Plus the 25 cents that they take for taking it out. So we'd have 75 cents. Woohoo. Woohoo. Yeah. We're podcast hosts. We're friends. We're, we're shoulder criers. Shoulder. You don't cry. So well, I'm a shoulder. You're a shoulder crier. I'm a, crier. <laughs> I'm a shoulder. You're a crier. <laughs> you're a shoulder. I'm a crier. I like that. I'm going to call you shoulder. Hey, shoulder, I need you. You probably get lots of calls. One year. One year. One year. One year since Heather and I met. Yes, and started this whole craziness. It was, uh, I think we've mentioned before, my student showcase, my very first show. Yeah. It had been six months since you had done your very first show. I did my showcase and then took six months off because, you know, heart surgery. And then started up again in January, maybe like a week or two before your showcase. So really, it's it's been a year. A year. A year since we both started comedy. We actually have something fun that you all can check out online. We are going to post on our Mother and Podcast YouTube channel a video of our before and after. So you can see what we looked like in our very first showcase and then from our very most recent showcase. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be funny. You're going to see growth. Yeah. A lot of growth. I hope you see growth. <laughs> yeah, I'm and pretty sure you're going to see growth. not just in my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> and my hair. My yeah. hair has grown a lot. I haven't cut it in mm, like nine months. No. <laughs> So it's almost there. That's going to be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see. We should critique ourselves of like, hmm, we could have done better there. I have many of those critiques. Can you watch your very first set? Not really. Yeah. It's it's kind of gruesome. But y'all should watch it. (laughs) You can see my nervousness up Mm -hmm. there. You can see that now I'm like comfortable and I wait for the laughs a little bit more and I'm better. I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but I'm getting there. I moved forward. So it's good. I definitely sound robotic. Like, I am reading off a script. Here is my joke. Here is my punchline. Pause for laughter. (laughs) Pause for laughter. Oh, there is no laughter. Go on. Go a little bit faster because no one's going to laugh. And then you go, panic. panic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mine was definitely, I don't think I've done any of those jokes in so long. Yeah, I've kept one because it's, I think it's the best one out of there, which is the Bella joke about her. Being a terrorist? Uh, yeah. That's my favorite joke of yours. Like, I laugh all the time. That's my favorite. I do not negotiate with terrorists. Still does really well. I Yeah. I don't think I do any of those jokes. Wow. I'm trying to, I mean, occasionally You'll the parenting bar is mm-hmm. set so low that if I don't do crack, yeah, I've done good. See, I even messed it up right there. I haven't done it so long. It's supposed to be the opposite way around. So the punch is faster and better. It's definitely hard. I mean, I go back and I watch the videos and I'm surprised when I laugh at myself. I'm like, oh, and then I get a little guilty. Like I have an ego because I just laughed at my own joke. I actually like it when I laugh on stage because it means I'm having fun. That's good. And it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do that more often. Oh, I make myself laugh writing the jokes. Like Chris is like, what did you write now? I'm like, I can't tell you. This is not going to lay right. You're not going to laugh. And then I'm going to get all self-conscious about it. And then my little self-demon's not going to talk about it. And then we get bad. So no, I'm not telling you. Tell I, I still am very bad about speeding up where I, su- I step on my punchlines. I'm pretty bad about that still. I don't let people laugh. I need, to, I need to critique myself a lot more. I don't think I've really gone back and figured out what I need to do as much. Like I need to be more diligent in being that student 
yeah. a mindset. If that makes sense. I kill laughs all the time. People start laughing like, no, I'm going to keep talking. You just sit there. You listen. <laughs> you listen and then you like it. And then you laugh a whole lot at the end. But yeah. then you won't because you're tired. Oh, man. Comedy's amazing. I love it. I still love it. I do too. And it's then- a year later and I love it more than I ever thought I would. I'm kind of in a slump still a little bit. I think it's because I'm getting frustrated that I don't have the time that I did in the beginning mm-hmm. to work on it. Like I'm only getting out once a week versus the two that I made myself do. Yeah. So I'm just not, and I'm not getting as many shows I feel like. You gotta do a so, lot of asking. I'm trying to, you know, have like four to five shows a month. But I also don't know how it's gonna work with family because family is just so time consuming right now. It's really like, hard. They really need to be the focus. But I'm like, well, when are you not gonna be the focus? I need me. I need my comedy. That's sort of the one like nice part about taking a class is you're guaranteed a show. I'm all over the place in my head now. Like, what do I need to do? To get out there more and to make more time yeah. for comedy. Because I haven't been as diligent as a student as I was. No, I have been then. missing a lot of open mics, which has made me very sad. Because I was going to be so good about open mics. I was going to go at least two a week, and I haven't done many at all. I just did the FU one that I host because mm-hmm. I get free fries. <laughs> Let's be real. It's good. I get a guaranteed good dinner that I didn't cook once a week. Nice. got to figure out the time frame in that. Because at this time next year, I don't want to be going... Man, I should have gotten up more. Like, yeah. I should have been diligent. I need to be a better student of comedy, is what yeah. I'm realizing. But my own self-study, not necessarily just watching other taught. specials. Yeah, not even, not even that. Like my own self, my study of self. I need to, I need to be a patiologist <laughs> and really study patiology and the study of patty. That's, that's what I a, need to that's do. That's a good idea. All right, I just had this like epiphany of like what I need to do. Right now. So go so, forward. This all is- right, guys. So that podcast is over. I need to spend some time. <laughs> I think this could be part of it, Patty. Okay. Well, I'm also thinking about that. Like, I want to take my improv classes to make the podcast even better. Because yeah. I hope we're funny. I laugh at you. You laugh at me. Hope everyone else laughs at us. I can't believe it's been a year, though. Like, Yeah. Especially for something that I thought was going to be one and done. That it's continued. And now I'm like... You um, thought I was a one-time friend and then No, done? no. I thought... The show that I did was going to be one and done. Oh, gotcha. And then I am surprised that now I'm like, I only have one show booked this month. What a loser. I got to get more. Like, I need more shows. And I really didn't expect it. That is true. So I should be happy that where I'm at because it's a lot more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. But what about our friendship? One year. Like, it's, I mean, we have so many aspects of it and so many layers of it. I will say this has been a very rapid growth friendship. Same here, exponentially. Like if yeah. we were dating, I'd be like, whoa there. We need to slow down. But we're not, and so no. it's great. It's not that it's surprising. I think we both wear our hearts on our sleeves, and I think we're very open people, and I think we had such similar life stories that it was very easy to interweave. Yeah. I think the most important thing and something you established from day one is we're going to be very honest with each other. Mm-hmm. And we have been, like where we've said, I'm not – I don't want to do this. I'm not comfortable with this. And things that we know the other one may not like to hear, but we both come at it with such an open integrity of saying, I'm going to just tell you how I feel and I'm going to put it out there and we can discuss it. And it's not meant to hurt you, but it's just meant to let you know where I am right now. I actually really appreciate that about our relationship Yeah, where it's like, there's nothing hidden. I'm me and with my feelings and honesty and like where we're going and all that Mm -hmm. jazz and you take it the way you need to take it and then communicate the same way back like it's nice yeah it's refreshing because i feel like in the world of facebook and all this stuff where you have all these friendships that are not really as connected as you think Mm -hmm. they are but because you're seeing their perfect life 
it's nice that our friendship's so real. Yes, yes. So I and appreciate I'm, it. I have very good friends, just as you do, that you're close to. I feel like it's a very different relationship with you because you have so many, as you said, layers, that if we weren't completely and totally honest, it would begin to fall apart very rapidly. Like, yeah, I never a, thought of it that way. But yeah. When I'm having a bad day and I just can't focus on something, I think I would crumble pretty quickly and drop the ball a lot harder and faster if I was trying to put up a front with you, like everything's fine. But it's nice to know I can go, it's not getting done today. It's not getting done. I'm having family issues. I don't need to go into detail. Just understand that. And it's enough for you. I love it when you yeah. say that too. I'm not going to go into detail. And then like 30 <laughs> minutes later, I get 50,000 texts. I'm, like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, what about this? You know, yeah. it's fun about that too. But yeah, I like the idea that we both also are really putting family first. Like yes. this cannot affect our family. Yes, there's going to be sacrifices and we got to juggle and do all that stuff. And we're not going to put it in the back burner. But at the same time, like family comes first. And yeah. so it's nice that you understand and accept that as well. And that it's your priority as well. Because then I'm not always constantly going, well, maybe I should be doing or maybe this or that. You know, it's like, no, okay. It's understandable, which is awesome. I really appreciate that too. I also like that we have a healthy sense of competition with each other. We do? I think so. Is it healthy? It's yeah, healthy. Wait, well, first of all, do we have a competition against each other? Like you're competing against me? Because I don't A little really... bit. Because whenever you're like, oh, I'm at the jam tonight. I'm like, well, I should be at the jam. Patty's at the jam. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up to the next jam and I'm going to do it too. And I think that that little bit of, well, I'm doing this makes the other one go, oh, I'm, I want to, I'm going to do that. Um, to be honest, now that we're talking about this. <laughs> I can't do that with you. No? No, I cannot compete against you. And oh. I have literally taken myself out of the race. So I win? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I forfeit. I'm this kidding. sucks. Like, because you go out so much more on open mics and, like, shows. Like, your goal is five to six. That goal is not realistic to me. That's true. My goal is only two. And I have to constantly go, okay, she has on, she's on a different track because her kids are different and her di kids are different ages. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. And she may, I have to constantly tell myself, and she may grow faster than you and she may get better than you because she's doing a different track and it's okay. I got to constantly take myself out of the race. But just remember, you got best of the fest and I didn't. But now if we did best of the fest, you would totally yeah, get I it and I so. wouldn't. I don't think so. I've been, I'm, whatever. We're not going <laughs> to argue this fact. Well, we'll just have to rematch at 2019. Oh, no, but I'm not competing against you. I can't compete against you because we're on different tracks. That's true. We because are. Because you're doing it differently. But so it's interesting how you see it as competitive of like me going to the jam is like you edging you on. And I'm constantly having to take myself out of the race <laughs> so that I don't get competitive with you so that I don't feel bad about or guilty about not being able to put as much effort into comedy as you can. Well, let's just you, do, you put yeah. like a solid 75% more than me. Yeah, it's not that much in my day to day. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't go to that as many open mics as you think because you go consistently. I only to go to two. I, I don't. I yeah. do my one mm -hmm. and then I do the jam. Well, then jam I didn't do last night. So I go to the jam consistently like maybe two times a month. I go to open mics maybe once every two weeks. But you're going to all your shows. I know, but I need more open mics because See, I'm not writing this, anything this new. Is just a, yeah. this, this stuff fascinates me because your perspective mm -hmm. of what I do is totally different than what I do. Yeah. And like my perspective of what you do. And it's interesting how like we have to look at it through the other person's yeah. lens and like go away. Yeah. You know, like it's just this stuff fascinates me how. But that's why we're good friends. No, I love it. I love also that we're doing all this with a new friendship. Yes. Because it's so much fun finding out new things about you. Like you fold your underwear. Like 
that's crazy. And yeah, you don't wash your feet. That's crazy. And insane. Yeah. It's just fun, un- like unraveling all the new in it. So I'm looking forward to this next year where it's going to go and where it's going to grow. Cause I'll um, tell you about all the people I've murdered. I'll help you hide the bodies. <laughs> We're all good. Family first. <laughs> and speaking of firsts and keeping an anniversaries, even though I think, I think yours comes up first. I thought we could talk about meeting our husbands because we talk about them very peripherally, but I don't think we've ever talked about the how we met. So how'd you meet Bobby? High school. I met Bobby in high school. I went to, so first of all, my decision to go to Hollywood High is because I was bullied so much in junior high. And I knew that wherever I went, a number of these bullies were going to follow because we all lived close enough to each other. And I could not bear the idea of spending four years with these people that I just hated. And I, I truly hated and didn't want to be around. So we had a, a book. And I don't know if you have this in Texas, but we had magnet schools. So magnet schools to promote diversity, you could go to a different school. They do, but they're now they're popular. Oh, okay. Back in the day, it was like one and it was ag- agricultural. Oh, my Agriculture? God. Agriculture? Yeah. Which, which I thought is funny because in Texas, it's like, let's learn about the cows. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember looking at the map and I pinpointed the like 10 furthest schools from where I was. 10 furthest? Furthest. And then I looked to see what those numbers correlated to. And one was like in South Central. And I was like, nope, I'm <laughs> not going there. And then like another was for kids who were interested in law and studying law. And I was like, no, thank you. And in the end, I settled down to two. And one was a performing arts magnet at Hollywood High. And another one was a fashion design school in downtown LA. So did you, were you interested in those two things in general? Oh, yeah. I wanted to be in okay. theater. So those became like the two running mates you know against each other and we went further to look at the school at in downtown LA and it was in a windowless building and my dad was like you're gonna hate your life you need windows you need windows I agreed and I said okay I'm not gonna do fashion design because of windows because no windows yeah so I picked Hollywood high okay my parents were a little hesitant my mom hated it I had to be at the bus stop at six o'clock in the morning every morning and she sat there she's like I guarantee Within a week, you're going to be begging me to take you out of this school so you can go to a regular school so you don't have to wake up so early. Because I'd have to wake up at 5 to go to school. Because she didn't want me to go to Hollywood High. She's like, I'm not worried. In a week, you're going to quit. And then I remember it was the last week of school my senior year. And we're sitting in the car. And she just goes, I can't believe you did this for four years. (laughs) You're like, yes, mom, I'm right. Going to Hollywood High, the day I stepped off that bus onto that campus, I knew it was the right choice. And the people were great. And Did you get bullied there ever? Not really, no. And because I looked ethnically diverse, and the school was ethnically diverse. I went to a predominantly white school, and it was very hard to fit in. And it was not hard to fit in at at uh, Hollywood High. And then we were part of a 200-person oh, magnet program. So the magnets all kind of stuck together. So if regular students tried to bully the magnets, you kind of had this group of people to protect you. I don't think I, maybe I'm blessed. I didn't mm-hmm. think bullying happened as often. It can. So I think. I was never bullied. Well, good for you, Patty. <laughs> now yeah. I feel sad. Maybe it made me a better person if I was bullied. It's one of those things that you look back and you go, oh, okay, this was meant to happen. Because if I had gone to a regular school, I would never have met Bobby, who transferred to Hollywood High in his junior year. In junior year? That yeah. sucked for him. Oh, it did. He was super upset. Because, like, you have all your, does he have any high school friends from his high school before transferring? He has, like, one left that he's in touch with. And then do you have any from Hollywood High besides you? Yeah, he has a few. Quite okay. a few. So he came to the school and all the girls started talking about this boy that showed up. Like, have you seen him? The new kid. Have you seen him? 
I was like, a new kid. There's a new kid. Like, oh, he's so cute. He's the cutest. And he was. He looked like Trent Reznor. I don't know who that is. He's very cute. Very okay. cute guy. I'm not so, thinking Bobby today is Trent Reznor. No, no, no. And he tried to dress that way. He would dress in vinyl and rubber shirts and fishnets. He was so... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby wore fishnets? Yeah. Like on his arms. Not on his legs. But on his arms. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Rubber shirts? Yes. What are rubber shirts? It's a shirt made out of rubber. Well, thank you <laughs> for clearing that up. Go go ahead. Go on with your story he now was that I know. Industrial. You know, he dressed he had long black hair, which is naturally long black, black hair? Yeah. To his shoulders. And this I need a picture. I'll we show need, you. We need to Instagram a picture for everybody. We will. Because he we was did... super cute. Okay. Super cute. And all the girls wanted to know who he was. And he was so shy because girls never liked him. Did he still have like the Bobby I'll do anything for you personality? Yes. So he's always been like he's a sweetheart. Uh, loyal yeah. yes. to the bone kind of guy. Yeah. It was that's Bobby. Bobby is like, what do you need? Do you are Yeah. Seriously, before we recorded this podcast, Heather goes, I'm a little hungry. And he has like some big board meeting. He's like, Well, do you want me to go get you some food? And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like yeah. he is so sweet. Yes. He he's always been that sweet. He looked like a bad boy. My mom didn't like him the first time she met well, him. Well, you know, rubber shirts and yeah. all. But that was just all on the outside. Once you met him and talked to him, you realize what a nice, sweet guy he is. I kind of want to buy him a rubber shirt now. Oh, don't. You can get one to fit it be a tire. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I'm still laughing. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> okay, proceed. I had heard about him, but for whatever reason, we never crossed paths. Even though he quickly became friends with my best friend's boyfriend. It was picture day. Uh, I was standing with my best friend to go get our pictures taken. We're in like the gymnasium. And her boyfriend walks over. He's like, oh, hey, have you met Bobby? Let me introduce you. And how many weeks in is this? It's probably about four weeks. Okay. So for four weeks, I've heard about him, but I haven't seen him. He walks up and a voice very clearly in my head goes, this is the man you're going to marry. That's not a self-demon. That's God. It is. And I truly believe that. I knew instantly I was going to marry him. And he had a girlfriend. I was going to get rid of her. Wait, he already had a girlfriend from the new school? Yeah, because the girls were so obsessed. And Man. I didn't get to him first. <laughs> so. But he never had girlfriends in his previous no. high school. So he no. came. So maybe he wasn't so mad about the move after all. No, probably not. So he had, I think, three girlfriends before me. Before in I finally... four weeks? No, and like we were friends for about six months because oh, okay. we became friends at that point. Okay, that's a that's the average lifestyle of a high school. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> be so funny because I remember coming back from winter break. He'd broken up with his girlfriend and I got so sick on the last day of school. I had to leave school early. Like I was vomiting like crazy and I could hear the nurse talking to my mom and I hear the nurse go, yes, she's really sick. No, she isn't faking. You should hear the noises she's been making all morning. You need to come get your child. (laughs) That's why your mom didn't want you to go to Hollywood highs because when you had to get picked up. I know, so far. And then I remember she's like, if you're really sick, I'm going to take you to the doctor. I was like, please take me to the doctor. Please. I just want to go to the doctor. She's like, oh, you're really sick. I'll just take you home. like, no, the doctor, please. So I didn't get to talk to him on the last day of school, so I didn't get his phone number. I didn't get anything. And my dad would have to make trips down to um, Hollywood, and then I had math classes I was going to, and I was always going because I knew he lived somewhere in Hollywood. I was hoping beyond hope that I would just magically run into him and I never did. So came back right after winter break and I'm like, Bobby, how are you? I've missed you. He's like, oh, I missed you too. I was like, oh, so excited that he said that. And he goes, I have something to tell you. I'm dating. And I was like, oh. 
Oh. Like my heart broke open. I was like, no, it's supposed to be me. So they dated for a while. What's her name? I don't want to say it because I, I Ern- I'm not going to say it because it's like a demon name. And Bella. The show can no, I know. That'd be hilarious. I'm like, that's why I don't get along with my daughter. No, it wasn't that. And then they broke up a few months later, I think in like March. And I had gotten a waxing kit. This is actually part of my set, but I had gotten a waxing kit. My mom's like, just put on your legs. Don't put on your face. So, of course, I put on my face. Of course. And I burned off like both my eyebrows. And I gave myself a second degree mustache burn. And so we were sitting in science class and he's talking about how alone he is. And he wishes he had a girlfriend. I was like, you can date me. And he's wearing his like rubber shirt. And he's like, I'll think about it when that burn's gone. So my heart broke again. I can't believe he said that. I'll think about it when that burns. He gone. claims that this date was supposed to be hopeful. And I was like, it was not hopeful. How <laughs> is that hopeful? I know. Like, there's no hope about it. Like, you just insulted someone. <sighs> right? Right? So uh, I was pining after him all Bobby. the time in science, like, looking at him and all this stuff. And finally, my burn went away. And he asked for my phone number. It's like, I just hate it when I call a girl and she's like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing, nothing. They have nothing to talk about. So, of course, that's the first thing he calls. Like, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. And then it was silence. <laughs> it was super lame. Then he asked me, well, I wanted him to ask me so badly to junior prom. Did he? The story is he went to ask me, like, do you want to go to junior prom? And before he could get it out, I was like, yes. Yes, we'll go. Is that um, his story or your story? I don't remember. And that's the story that my best friend who was with me says happened. Okay. So I will trust her. Okay, as long as it's not Bobby's story. No, I, he doesn't really remember either, the details. But she says that's what happened, that before he could even... She actually, her, she was in my wedding party and her, now he was her, her ex-boyfriend, but they were still good friends, was in the wedding party as well. And uh, they reenacted the moment for like their toast. Aww. <laughs> it was very cute. So we went to the junior prom and then after that we were just together and everybody says they could tell something was different about our high school relationship. It had a, a more serious quality we weren't petty. We didn't have petty breakups and petty fights. And there was something about it where they said you're like an old married couple already in high school. Oh, so like what I see when you and Bobby is mm-hmm. like the same, but you'd be in high school. Like yeah, doing high I think school so. Things. I think so because I, I don't feel like we've changed that much in a lot of personalities. Like there's certain things that have obviously changed. Yeah, you've grown as a people, but you've yes. grown together. But we're still as silly and goofy and love a lot of the same things and doing the same things like it's it's hard for me to acknowledge that i'm going to be 39 because when i'm with him i still feel young what age are you stuck at i I feel like everyone in this world is stuck at an age like i'm forever 28 i don't know why i'm 28 but i'm 28 yeah we, we talked about it and i said i feel like we've only been married for five years and i'm stuck at like 25 whoa 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 okay i got married at 20 spoiler alert you got married at 20 yeah because i don't want to live in sin I was like, you got to marry me. And he was like, and he said, okay. So that was- <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So whole time out. So everyone yeah. thought your relationship was different. And yeah. then, so what happened? Like we went to college together and there's things that made me uncomfortable. We did live together before we got married. And there are things that made me uncomfortable. And we had kind of went back to our parental homes and then we were going to move back together. And I said, I just, I don't want to live this way. I want to be married. If we're going to live together, like we're husband and wife. This is at be- 19. Yeah. I said, let's be husband and wife. And he said, okay. So didn't he ever ask you? Oh, that's a whole other story. He bought the ring, not an opal like I asked, because his mom said it should be a diamond. So I have a diamond engagement ring I never wear because I hate diamonds. I only love opals. I want an opal ring. Whole other discussion. 
we worked at Disneyland at the time. He drove floats, and I worked in the costuming. So he claims he was going to propose to me when the park was closed at Disneyland. But I saw the pocket, something. I was like, what's that in your pocket? And he's like, what is it? What is it? And he's like, here, just take it. It's what you wanted. And he, like, tossed the ring. No. So that's my proposal. Wow. I didn't get a nice romantic one. Well, the first pre-proposal, like, you should marry me. He's like, okay. Yeah. And then. He's just kind of done whatever. (laughs) Hey, it works for you guys. He's just kind of done whatever I've asked. She got engaged at 19. No, we got engaged at 20. At 20. At 20, yeah. And we got our marriage license, and his grandmother got sick, and she passed away. And in Romania, you don't have any big celebrations after somebody close passes away. But I don't want the license to expire. So we just had a civil ceremony. It was very nice. That's very practical of yes. you. I don't want the license to expire, <laughs> even though it only costs like $50. I, that was a lot of money for us at the time. Because our parents were kind of like, if you're going to do it, you're going to pay out of your pocket. But then when we had our wedding, our parents paid out of pocket for that. Okay. So keep keep going. I like yeah. this story. Okay. So we have the wedding. We got I wonder the- how it ends. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the civil ceremony. And then a year later, which I can't even remember the date, we had the civil ceremony on the day we started going out. So April 30th, we started officially going out in high school. And we got married on April 30th, five years later. And then sometime in July the next year, we got married on the Queen Mary. And that was it. But I don't even regard that date. I don't even know what it was. I know it was in July. Interesting. So it was five years from... First date to civil ceremony. Yes. And then how long from silver ceremony, civil ceremony, I can't say that. That's like a tongue twister. Civil ceremony to Queen Mary wedding. You don't remember. I guess like you don't remember 15, the date. Yeah, like 15 months. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then. And so you were how old? You were 20. I was 20 when we had the civil ceremony. I was going to turn 21 a few months later. But legally, I could not drink at the civil <laughs> ceremony reception. But they gave me wine and champagne anyways. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the Queen Mary. Yeah. And then how many years until your adoption? 13 years. She had 13 years of just being married. Heather and Bobby. Which was great. And I kind of think it's a really great thing because we literally did trips where it was his birthday weekend coming up. And he's like, well, I want to go somewhere for my birthday weekend. And I was like, oh, I'll surprise him with a trip somewhere. And like booked a trip for the next day to Hawaii. And we could do things like that. And it was exciting and fun and freeing. Well, y'all are so young, too. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, that wouldn't work in my story. Because That's- then I would be, like, 95 having kids. <laughs> you know? So it worked because y'all grew. And I, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer. This is, sounds really weird to say because it's a weird belief to even have. Who thinks about these things? Anyways. I'm a firm believer that you should not get married between the ages of 22 and 25. Those are like very pivotal yeah. growth years of you becoming you. Yeah. Right? So if you get married beforehand, you can grow with your partner together and still become you and still have your relationship grow. Yeah. But if you get married in the middle of that, it messes up your growth traje- trajectory and then you don't really know who you're going to be. This is just me talking no worries. shit. Right? <laughs> but if you get married after that, you've had solid time to figure out who you are and, and what you're about. So then it works if you do it afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that seems like good advice. I don't give marriage advice. Me, I, Well, I do. <laughs> all the time. I just say... It's the same every single time. You, you made a commitment and you got to stick it out because the hard stuff is hard for a reason. Because one day it's going to get even harder. And if you don't have somebody who you know is going to stick it out through the hard stuff when it's not as hard, who's going to be there when it gets really hard? And 
So that sounds a little convoluted. Basically, the hardest day of my life was the day my great aunt died. Right. And my world collapsed. And I sunk into a depression so deep that I was suicidal. If I did not have Bobby, who had been willing to go through a lot of other hard stuff, where we thought we were going to split up and divorce, like we looked into divorce at one point, because it gets tough. Relationships get tough, and you want to split up, and you want to leave each other. But we stuck it out. Like We kept saying, it's got to get better. Like Every time we thought it had gotten really worse, we're like, it's got to get better. And then Bidney died, and my world collapsed. And I feel like if he hadn't have been there through other hard moments and just been willing to stick it out, I wouldn't have had anybody who could have understood the depth of the grief I was going through Hmm. and who could have been there for me. Each one of those harder struggles made your relationship stronger. Stronger. Mm -hmm. So that the time when shit really did hit the fan, he was prepared. Yeah, and we could do it together and we could make it through and I could lean on him and he understood why. Same thing with the kids. When the kids came, you know, we go back and forth between one of us being super depressed over what's happening in our lives. Yeah. And if we hadn't gone through all that other hard stuff, how would we have the ability and the strength to be that support structure? Completely. So I believe that it's a moment of Job in a marriage is what I call it. When you're going through a tough time and you think everything's terrible and bad, think about Job and think about there's going to be an end to this and we're going to come out on the other side. And I have to believe and be strong that this is just a test and a, just a, a strengthening exercise for a marriage that is meant to be together. And so just take that moment of Job and just grow with it. I like it. So how about you with Chris? How did you meet? I'm going to guess not in high school. And I'm going to guess somewhere out of the 22 to 25 range. Actually, no. No? But we didn't get married until we were out of that range. So I'm a rock climber. I climbed in college. One of my best friends, Migley, is also a rock climber. And so when we came home to San Antonio for like holiday breaks and stuff, we would meet at a gym and go rock climbing. So my friend Migley is one of my best friends um, from high school. And we would get together and rock climb. Mm -hmm. We found a rock climbing gym that Christmas. And then I went to school. Chris came home from the military sometime in that semester and started rock climbing at the same gym. Hmm. And then I came home for the summer and Migley and I would go twice a week to this rock climbing gym and we were gym rats, and so was Chris. And so we got to know each other that way. And then Migley went off to go study something smart, because that's what he is. He's smart. And grad school. And I stayed, because I had already graduated yeah. college. And so I kept going to the gym. And so Chris and I would just talk at the gym, right? So that about 22 when you graduated? Yes. Okay. 22. I was 22. So then... One day I did this rock climbing. I did a rock climbing competition and I won my division. There was only three people. (laughs) But I won. And we were were setting the gym up for Mm -hmm. the competition or whatever. So we were taking all the holds down and stuff. And we started talking. And then we realized that we lived super close to each other. Huh. Like super close to each other. Like in the same house and you didn't know it. Exactly. Like he <laughs> was a scary person living in the attic. No clue. No clue at all. No. He's like, I know you don't fold your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy. So we lived really close to each other. So then we started carpooling to the gym because the gym was 40 minutes away. So it was just easier to carpool. Right. So we started carpooling. And then this one night, we lived so close that my parents' house, I, I went, I moved, in, I moved all a lot of places. Okay. I was back in my parents' house. He literally could drop me off at my house, 
go back to his house and the garage light would still be on. Like mm. it wasn't even 30 seconds away. Wow. Like it was ridiculous. And more, majority of the time I just walked to his place and he yeah. would meet me at the corner and we would walk. Right. Anyway, so we lived super close. We started just hanging out a lot. We went rollerblading. He would say, hey, I made pizza. Do you want to come over and eat? And I'm like, sure. Because back then he cooked tons. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't cook at all because he hates our kitchen. <laughs> Anyways, he basically we hung out all the time. Right. And then this one night he had a party that I went to at his house and he stayed up. I went home because I was rock climbing the next day with some people. And so I went home to get some sleep. And he stayed up to like three in the morning talking to some girl named Liana. Oh, right. And I was like, all right. And at this point I was flirting and he was flirting back. But yeah. And he was sort of this other chick. And I was just like, OK, well, I'm not going to chase anyone like this is stupid. Right. Yeah. So then our friendship started. We kept hanging out with each other. And then one night he literally was like, so how's your boyfriend Migley? And oh. I went, what? And he goes, your boyfriend Migley. And I was like, Migley's not my boyfriend. He's doing great grad school, but he's not my boyfriend. And he's like, really? And I was like, no, we're like best friends. Like, he's like a brother to me. Like, that's just gross. <laughs> my dad did want me to marry Migley. No, that's Chris. <laughs> Anyways, so he's like, oh, I thought he was your, your boyfriend. I was like, why would you think that? The owner of the gym, Jamie, to protect me, told everyone that we oh. were together because there were some sleaze people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, he, so Chris, like when he inquired or like found out, like he, he just thought, oh, she's taken. Yeah. So that's why he never really flirted back with me and all this stuff. So I was oh. like, what? So you're mad at the owner because he's wasted a lot of time. Well, <laughs> not really because they were some sleazy people there. Yeah. He probably did save me <laughs> from some advances that I did not want. And I was so naive and ridiculous mm-hmm. then that I'd probably put myself in a situ- situation that I'd be like, <laughs> anyway, so it was good, but it was interesting. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, no. So then the flirting started happening. And then I was like. I want to kiss you. That's what I said to him. Oh. And he was like, I don't know because I don't know if I'm dating this girl, Liana. <gasps> and I was like, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And mind you, the week prior, I had to work. He visited me at work and got sent me a cookie. And then I called him back and he was like, I had a date with Liana. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, bringing me a cookie and yeah. then having... So, this is the fight that we have all the time. He's like, I never dated Liana. I was like, you totally dated Liana. <laughs> like, that was, you were dating her. And he was like, no, no, no. But he's like, because he said, I don't know. I don't want to do anything because I don't know where Liana, Liana and I are. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then later that night, I kissed him anyway. And we kissed. And that was September 29th. <laughs> so. And then he ended up moving to California. Hmm. We were both kind of like in denial of our relationship. Yeah. Like we both were like, oh, we're just, we're not really seeing each other, whatever. But like, that's all I was talking about. He yeah. was the only person I was thinking about. He ended up moving to California. I ended up staying in Texas for another year. Right before I was going to move out to California, we broke up. <gasps> oh. Yeah. He said he didn't want to get married again. I said I wanted to marry a Christian husband. He wasn't Christian at the time. So wow. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. why are we here? I should also say in Chris's defense, every Wednesday I try to break up with him. <laughs> and it would be for the stupidest reason. I'm like, you like peas and I like corn. This is never going to work. To the point where he's like, it's Wednesday. Like, oh, he just gosh. knew. I think it's because in- internally I was having a hard time with him not mm-hmm. being a believer because I knew that was wrong. You yeah. know, like I knew that this wasn't going to go anywhere if this was the case, you know. We broke up a lot. So, But this time it was like real because I was like, why am I going to stay with you for five years when by the time I am rare, like I'm not ready now, but by the time I am ready, you're, I'm not going to change you. I don't want to change someone into marriage and force someone into marriage. Like, So we broke up really hard, mm. like super hard, cried for numerous days. 
But I moved out to California anyway. And what? everyone thought I was crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And I was like, but I'm not moving to California for him. Yeah. I'm moving to California for me. Like I've already said I was going to live in L.A. for two years and I'm going to live in New York for two years. I don't know if I bought New York anymore. <laughs> but I like L.A. We came out and for another nine months, I lived in Orange County and we just mm. we were friends and yeah. we we're still best friends at the time. And we had like there was so much chemistry between us yeah. that we couldn't like sit next to each other in a movie we had rules where we couldn't lay on the couch next to each other. Mm-hmm. We had rules where we high-fived each other instead of hugging each other because oh we just, there was so much chemistry. Yeah. And we needed to, like, because neither one of us. Do you still high-five, by the way? Oh, yeah. I'm a total <laughs> high-fiver. We rock that our kids are yeah. alive. Susanna came home to me a couple days ago. High-five. I'm alive. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> the little victories. It was interesting. We had all yeah. these, like, rules because neither one of us wanted to really break up, but we just knew it was a logical thing yeah. to do. Right. And I worked on myself a whole lot that nine months of just like who I am. I realized I was a manipulative little bitch. <gasps> you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. I was so passive aggressive. I would get Damn. him to do what I wanted. Like, it was just ridiculous. And he realized that he like. very different from that now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's interesting. Like, who I was then, I would have broken up with myself. Mm. Like, I was just so selfish and so manipulative. And it was just gross. Like, so gross. Yeah. So we wouldn't gross. have been friends. I'm going to guarantee that. I wouldn't want to be friends with me. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I tell Chris all the time. I'm like, who I was then, I would have broken up with myself. <laughs> who I am now, damn, I'm like trophy wife. You know? <laughs> like, I am pretty good. Like, I'm a good wife. You yeah. know? Anyway, I think. Always been for improvement. Anyways. <laughs> but now I'm like, like who I am and confident who I am. So we broke up for nine months. Chris's mom came in town. And was like, I don't know why you just don't get back together. And I was like, dude, I can't. And I remember sitting with her one time and going, the day we get back together and the day I say I do to your to your son, you will know he loves Jesus. Because I can't do that any other way. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. And like, she just was knew something or whatever. Yeah. And then she left. And that night we had this crazy conversation because he had started searching and he had started working. But I was like, I didn't want to be a part of it because I didn't want to be an influencer yeah. in that. Like, I needed you to love Jesus because you love Jesus, not because of me. So he started having a conversation. He started, and he was already going to a Bible study at this time and, like, kind of walking through that. Mm-hmm. And so he, I was like, we, we can't get back together. And he was like, but I want to. And I was like, well, you need to search. And he was like, I am searching and whatever. And so we kind of did but didn't get back together. And then shortly thereafter... He became a believer and we were together like that was it mm-hmm. from the first kiss to like proposal was five and a half years. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I had that moment where God thumped me in my head of like, why isn't he proposing? Like, I'm ready to be a wife, whatever. And he was just like, no, you're not. Like, you need to work on who you are mm-hmm. before you can be the wife I need you to be to him. Like, I'm working on Chris. Chris will be the husband you need him to be. But I you need to work on yourself. Yeah. So I worked on myself some more, and and then finally he proposed. But he did a good proposal, not like a Bobby proposal. What was his proposal? So at the time, we were part of this network marketing company. Mm-hmm. Is that an MLM or? It is an MLM. It's a, but it's. I always defend it, even though I'm not you in it anymore. It. No, it's legit. Like it's legit. It's not. It's legit. We're not going to have. I'm this making faces. Okay. I are making faces. <laughs> It's legit. Yes. Do you make money off of other people? Yes. Do you have to put tons of crap work into it? Yes. Did Chris and I ever put tons of crap work into it? No. (laughs) Our company was a really good, honest company that didn't 
take advantage of people and that kind of stuff. So it was a legit company. And the marketing and the setup of the business works. Mm -hmm. It has a bad rap because of crappy people, just like everything. Crappy people ruin it for everyone. That's my say. So we were at a training in front of a thousand people and Chris was like the big tech guy for everything. And so he got up there and like did his business about tech stuff. Yeah. And then he was like, says this whole speech about how you always have to have a why in this business. I just realized that I don't want to do anything else in this life without you. And then he called me up and was like, God, I'm going to use you. Like, will you be my wife? Will you live with wow. me for the rest of my life? So I have it videotaped and everything because it was oh in front gosh. of like thousands of people. That's amazing. It was, yeah, it was it was way better than I throw a ring at you. Seriously. Bobby, you need to redo. <laughs> I think you need to buy her an opal. We have redo a plan. Because I have my great-grandmother's engagement ring, and it's about the same size as mine. So he's going to get a ring made with those two engagement ring stones around an opal. So I can okay. have my opal. Is this for your 20th or something? Yeah, we're going to actually go back to Hawaii, Bobby and I. I didn't get my dream wedding. My wedding is my mom's wedding of her dreams. Because Ugh. she didn't get her dream wedding. I got my dream wedding. Yeah, I didn't get mine. So Bobby and I are going to go back and do our dream wedding. And it's literally Bobby, me, and a fat Hawaiian blowing a conch on a beach. That's all I wanted. Oh, no one there? I can't go? I don't need anybody there. Because I always thought it should just be between he and I. and just. Well, you would have loved my wedding then. I'm sure. What was, was it? the best. Um, I was really big about the ceremony. And mm -hmm. so it was, we tried to elope twice. Oh, my gosh. And each time, I did it once from my phone and once from his phone. Each time, the pastor didn't get the message. <gasps> Uh, like so we never got to elope mm -hmm. right because we were like let's just screw this let's just go elope and be done when I told people this people were like even if you elope just call me I want to be there even if you yeah. like go in a, an alley so we invited only the people that would follow us in an alley to get married Oh, and so there was I ordered 28 plates including the videographer and the photographer <laughs> so they and Chris and I so literally there was 24 guests wow and it was mainly family and friends that we had all known for more than five years. That's awesome. So it was very small. We were on the beach, barefoot. Oh, yeah, I love it already. It's perfect. And everyone, instead of, uh, we didn't have chairs or anything. Was, I didn't have any bridesmaid because I figured all these people would be my bridesmaid, and mm -hmm. then there'd be no one in the audience, <laughs> <laughs> or there'd be one person and sad for them. Yeah. So we didn't have any bridesmaids or any maid of honors or anything because everyone there was so important to us yeah. that they would have been part of the party. Yeah. So literally, it was just me and like what our wedding party would have been. Mm -hmm. And they all surrounded us um, in a circle, except for this little thing for the videographer to go in. Oh, that's so, so it was sweet. really sweet. And I had his parents stand behind me mm -hmm. and my parents stood behind him so they could see their respective child. Oh, response? Response and that's stuff. Cool. Because it's like you end up, my mom would only see my head yeah. the whole time. And though he, she loves Chris. I think she kind of loves Chris more than me now. <laughs> but it was like, why did we do that? Yeah. Like, you should be able to. It was really perfect. It was really great. And then the next day, so we went home to our house in our backyard and had a little reception with just the 28 people. Because in my head, I was like, this is a vow before God. And I want people who are going to hold me accountable mm -hmm. to this vow to be there kind of thing. Yeah. And so um, it was very small. And then the next day, we had a potluck. Nice. And like barbecue and we had like 200 people come in and out. It was like a open house potluck thing and everyone came and celebrated. And it was like the best time to celebrate. Like the first, it was the best first day yeah. of being married. It was just celebrating with family and friends. Yeah, I'm going to go out and say you won that because that, that sounds amazing. We weren't competing, but thank you. I did win. No, you totally won. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And that wedding night, Chris had 102 temperature. <laughs> so my wedding night did not go as Oh, well we were tired. We were on the Queen Mary, and they 
there was no like water in the room or like a mini fridge or anything. We were so thirsty and so hungry because we've been dancing all night. We didn't even eat our dinner and we had paid to have two meals sent to our room and they didn't do it. Oh man. So we were starving and thirsty. He's like, I'm gonna go try to find something to, to drink. The only um, vending machine was like off the Queen Mary and you couldn't get to it because they locked the bridge down. Oh, man. So you can't drink the water from the faucets there. And then he got back. By the time he got back, I was fast asleep. <laughs> so, it was a nice bed. That's I'll crazy. That. I like yours. Yours is good. When people ask me, or when they don't ask me, and I give them my advice anyway, <laughs> I'm always like, go smaller. Yeah. Like, really. I agree. And I asked tons of people. I asked, because we were going to do a destination wedding, mm-hmm. and I had the place booked and all this stuff. And... I was just like, what are we doing? Like, it just didn't seem right. And yeah. Like, it just didn't. And the more people I asked, the more people were like, "Go, I, I wish I would have gone smaller. No, yeah. no one ever told me I wish I would have gone bigger. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to Hawaii in a few years to celebrate my parents and his parents' wedding anniversaries and doing a big family get together. But even then, I just want to sneak away with him and do he and I on a beach with a fat Hawaiian and a conch. That's all I want. All. What if you're Hawaiian's thin? I'll accept. Can I have somebody else? I need someone a little <laughs> little fatter, please. I need a fat Polynesian. <laughs> I don't know why it's in my head, but that's all I want. And I just... Oh, we can't call it a vow renewal. Did I tell you that? Why? Because Bobby says vows don't expire. So why do we renew something that's not going to expire? That's true. And so he I goes, agree. So he, he's, we have to call it a vow celebration. I'm in. So I'm in. we do that. Let me know when so I can secretly be like coming up from the... <laughs> The- You're like snorkeling in the ocean. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> but I totally agree with you with yeah. the whole hardship stuff. Like, yeah. I get judgmental when other marriages fail because I kind of go, why? Yeah. Like, what do you have that's so hard that you can't make this work? I mean, there are exceptions. Well, if you're getting, like, beaten up by your husband, I think you should walk away. Or kill him. Either way. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. Okay, maybe. Maybe. When it's stuff like, I don't like the way they squeeze the toothpaste. Irreconcilable differences. Because we did the infertility thing and we got so much stronger. We yeah. did the adoption thing and we got so much stronger. And like literally a couple of weeks ago, shit hit the fan and mm-hmm. I felt our relationship get stronger. That's awesome. To the point where I'm like, maybe we can have a relationship that doesn't have hardship in it. <laughs> like maybe when it's easy, we suck. I think it's one of those things where hardships shows you what kind of person you are. Well, we come together. Yeah. So when things are kind of like all right for the day that they are. Who wants that? And I like origin stories. Like my favorite things, like the first Spider-Man when you hear all the origin stories. I love origin stories of where people are people come from and start. Yeah. The people I know. Like mm-hmm. I don't care about your grandparents. <laughs> like people I know. Like it's, it amazes me. Like Bobby wore rubber shirts. Yeah. Like that's insane. He's like, super cute. So you, isn't it what's interesting too is that I feel like I knew it was Chris as well. And you said you knew it was Bobby. But I don't tell people that. I guess I, I only tell people on the podcast listening, <laughs> but I don't tell. Like, whenever someone says, I'm like, it's a different feeling you can't describe. Like, when you know, you know, but I feel like people think they know and they don't know. It was great hearing your story, Patty. I learned a lot about you and way more about Bobby than I ever <laughs> knew. I know what he's getting for Christmas is a rubber shirt. Tire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Atlantis Oceanic again for this space. It's a wonderful space. We love the space. Have a good one, guys. The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at motherfnpodcast.com.